Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined each week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and true crime and TV and movies and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. <sighs> oh, what is that sigh for? Ladybug? I am um, sore. I'm sore. Why? I'm, I'm, I'm like falling in love with my Peloton. <laughs> but some of these workouts have like the, the arm stuff in them too yeah of which course. Um, yes of course lifting weights is one thing but it's another thing to do it um quickly yeah, of course so yep. you're using smaller weights but you're doing more reps yes your body's changing from riding to lifting to riding to lifting over like a 45 50 minute period that's really great and um i love it because i love working out we've talked about this from a mental health perspective multiple mm-hmm. times and yep. and it just makes me feel good but i'm my 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 arms are sore <laughs> I'm looking at her during the break and she's just like, uh, my arms are comfortable. My like, arms are like happening? the muscles in, in like the like armpit areas. Yeah. Sore. All your rotator Ooh. cuff stuff probably. Um, for those of you who don't know, I used to be a massage therapist. So I know. I'm familiar with these injuries. You, you massaged for a while. Did I did. Massage, and then a good decade. Yeah. It, the reason it overlapped. So when I got out of the Hollywood world, I needed to do something and mm-hmm. I wanted it to be um, something that was positive in the world. I wanted to be someone that could help someone and say yes to them as opposed to saying no, which is what <laughs> producing is about. Producing is about like, no, you can't have that. No, you don't do that. And massage is really about how can I help you? Did, and Didn't you, If correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. didn't you for a while also um, massage like HIV patients and stuff like letting them know like, I'm not afraid to touch you. This is not how you get HIV kind of thing. For sure. Yeah. Towards the end of my um, massage career, because it's sort of, I was living in Hollywood in the beginning. And so it sort of started out as working in high-end salons, you know, private clients in millionaire homes, uh, working in a chiropractor, a physical therapist. I had a bunch of different jobs and I got a lot, a bunch of different, really good, fun experience, met a lot of nice people. And then later, totally, what I what I did was I worked with hospice patients. Mm. So in my neighborhood, there's a lot of homes around that you would not know are hospice homes, mm-hmm. but the, it's little, it just looks like average suburbia. The only mm-hmm. way you know is that there's a big handicap sign on the garage door. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I would get dispatched to it was independent contract worked as well, but I would get dispatched, and I had um, a roster of patients in hospice Mm -hmm. who I would go and massage. Now that's a very different kind of massage. I was, you know, massaging their feet, holding their hands, touching their arms, like just whatever they felt comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it was one of those, it was while I was in school Mm -hmm. to become a therapist. So it just felt really congruent. Yeah. I was going to say, especially with, with any of the HIV population you might've had two people Mm -hmm. who are always already, fear people not wanting to touch them strangers mm-hmm. anyway or even loved ones you know the misconception of being able to touch somebody and get absolutely. a disease yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and and yes absolutely and that was very um i felt i felt as if i was helping them but it was gratifying for me I, as well of course i would imagine and also nobody touches people who are dying right so and i met a lot of amazing people yeah 
and to sit and uh, in my work because one of the many reasons why I got into this work was through my own grief. Mm-hmm. So to be able to to be while I was in school and interning and stuff to be sitting with death in that kind of way because what ends up happening is when you get when you're working with somebody or sitting with somebody or being in relationship with somebody who is getting close to death there there is a palpable feeling of being on both sides there's a very palpable feeling of no matter what you believe you can describe it however you like but there is a a, a feeling of of being present and not present mm. in in that moment with them and of course a lot of people in hospice are um hallucinating and delusional and a lot of those kinds of things too so it was a very interesting work and it was congruent with what i was learning so that was cool. right um but exercise wise, I actually used to race walk a lot and mm-hmm. I race walked the LA marathon back, I don't know, 15 years ago or whatever. And I've, I've picked it up again for whatever reason. So I go on these really long walks and I have a friend that's doing fundraising fundraising for a suicide prevention mm-hmm. organization. And so we log miles to raise money. Yeah. So I've been doing that. That's awesome. I know. Oh, I'm so excited. And so, now with the weather getting nicer and the days getting longer. I think that's why yeah. it's gotten very nice. So yeah, anyway, sure. it, those of you who exercise obviously understand the mental health components for that um, alleviates depression, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So anywho, very cool. This next thing is a little segment we like to call <laughs> last week was like, you know, Aerosmith. And this week I feel is like a smooth, a smooth jam. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jazz. Okay. So this this is called Guess This Horror Director Shan. Good lord. Number one. Mm. Ironically, his favorite genre isn't horror or fantasy. Number two, he works quick. One film was shot in ten days. He's in and out. I'd like to work for that guy. <laughs> Number three, he began filming horror short films with 8mm before starting high school. Number four, he was heavily influenced by Alfred Hitchcock. That really narrows it down. And then number five, he was paid $10,000 to direct one of the most famous horror movies of all time. Hmm. Pretty common dude. You would know him. And his stuff is... Classic. Oh, classic. So older. Well, older, not old. Okay. I mean, if Hitchcock, if he was influenced by Hitchcock. Understood. I don't know. I wanted to say Lee Whannell before, but I don't know. Carpenter. Oh, John. Yeah. I think he was paid 10, 10 grand for Halloween. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, yes. Excellent. Thank you so much for that. You're very welcome. <laughs> So one of the things I wanted to mention to you is as part of our um, Patreon community, we do a Monday mini cast for them. So there's an additional episode on there. And sometimes I come up with some, we used to do a segment called what the hell for those of you who are new listeners. Uh, I actually have most of our, what the hell episodes now posted on our website behind a password for our patrons. But for those of you who remember it, they're they're there for the taking if you want them. But 
I try to come up with like little what the hell episodes or creative ways to do what the hell stuff for the Monday mini cast. And what I thought I would do is just share one of them. And then of course, if you want to become a patron, you can, you can, we're going to record a full episode of these because <laughs> it's amusing to me. So these are about serious court cases that have hilarious names. Oh, okay. So, um, Funny court cases involving Batman seem ridiculous for a few reasons, but Texas farmer Ray Batman <laughs> seriously wanted to convert his farm into a family partnership by transferring some assets to his teenage son. The commissioner of in, in the Internal Revenue said no, but Ray wasn't getting the bat signal and brought it up in the Court of Appeals. Unfortunately, no luck for Batman, but the name of the case is Batman versus the commissioner. Oh, wow. It's lovely. That's and lovely. there's a bunch of these. So I'm going to, they're, those they're, are fun. They're super fun. So, so we'll do that as a money mini cast, but I did want to, you know, those of you who aren't patrons, I just wanted to share one of those. I thought those were pretty funny. That's funny. <laughs> I think you had a news item too. Yeah. I want, I'm so curious about this film coming out. Uh, John Logan, who I believe is also affiliated with Penny Dreadful. He's making his feature directorial debut with Blumhouse. Oh. Um, the, it's a horror movie called Whistler Camp. And, you know, as horror has really evolved over the last five or so years, we're starting to see the Jordan Peels. We're starting to see the more political stuff, Invisible Man. This is, it's very, very rare that we see queer, um, films in the horror genre uh, you know sometimes there'll be a horror film with a queer character or uh and then it becomes all about that but yeah. this is uh i'm really interested in this because it's actually a queer empowerment story set at a gay conversion camp so the film we hear you know right now is currently casting so i am really really interested in this just because conversion camps are torture yeah, a few months ago I saw a, a, a horror film set at a conversion camp. Did you? Now I can't remember the name of it. Oh, I've well. seen dramas based on mm. them, but never horror films. Okay, cool. And even like dark comedies based on like, but I'm a cheerleader was, you yeah. know, but I've never seen one and Blumhouse is doing it. So I'm really interested cool. in this. Does it say when it's coming out? Uh, it, they're cast. So this oh, article is from so we got a April 9th. We got a year or so. Yeah, this is just from two days ago, but it's in the, it's, yeah, next year. In the works. Yes, yeah. excellent. Next year. So we did a buddy watch. Um, I think I chose this. I believe I did. It's called Cooties. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I, I, I did choose this. 2014, 90 minutes long, action comedy horror. Uh, it's uh, one of the writers is Lee Winnell. And it stars uh, Elijah Wood, Rain Wilson, etc. A mysterious virus hits an isolated elementary school, transforming the kids into a feral swarm of mass savages, if you can imagine. An unlikely hero must lead a motley band of teachers in the fight for their lives. <laughs> this movie's hilarious. I really enjoyed it. It's hilarious. And <laughs> everyone who has... Uh, I don't know, you know, I, I, I'm going to be real careful here, but there are all, there are times where you're just like that snot nose shitty little kid. Right. Yeah, and yeah, this yeah, is yeah. one of those movies where they all turn into that uh -huh. and you get to watch them 
essentially get the shit kicked out of them by grown ass adults. Yeah, it's the way we work out our rage and anger right. at, at things we're not supposed to be rageful and angry it's about. It's not a pro child abuse. Horror. Yeah, it's not a pro child abuse film. No, no, of course not because it's a horror film. It's a horror th- film. That's what's amazing about the horror genre is that you can get out all of these like that's very right. politically incorrect feelings that we all have that we hold all the time. In a horror movie, and you can enjoy the heck out of them slaughtering all the children because they're really vicious, mean children. Rain Wilson was yeah. the star, as far as I'm concerned, of this movie. He was hilarious. So good. Yeah. So it's funny. It's uh, mm. It's got some fun horror elements to it. My favorite line is, it's not Rain Wilson. He, It's one of the teachers, I think. He says, <laughs> he says something like, follow me. I do CrossFit or something like that. Like, <laughs> I love that character. Oh my God. That was so funny. Yeah. It's, I have it's, it written down. Well, somewhere. and I've been getting into comedy horrors. We've obviously been talking about comedy horror here for a little bit. Uh, you know, last week we talked about zombie for sale and um, I'm just, I'm getting more and more and more into comedy horrors. I mean, I've always liked them of course, but yeah, it's uh, those. that's another genre when it's done well. I don't always like them, but right. when it's done well, like Zombie for Sale, clearly, if you listen to last episode. Yes. Um, clearly, we like that it. movie. <laughs> but this one falls in, in line with that one. Well, and you know, what's funny about this one is that, you know, not everybody likes this movie. And I, and it's like, okay, but it's freaking hilarious. Why? What's wrong with you? I don't know. I just really like it. Um, Allison Pill is in it, too. She, who, I love her. Who I really, yeah. I really enjoy. She's great. Um, <laughs> this would be a good um, group watch as well. Midnight movie type mm-hmm. of group watch too. Because I mean, it's tongue in cheek cooties, obviously, because w- the kids get cooties. Yeah. <laughs> like zombie cooties, I guess. I don't know. Um, fantastic. All right. So what did you watch? I watched a movie called The Dinner Party. Have you seen this? Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've talked about it on this show or not before, but it's a budding playwright and his wife attend a dinner party hosted by wealthy cultural elites who have promised to bankroll the writer's last play to Broadway, but in fact have darker designs in mind for the couple. Uh, I liked this movie. I thought it was really like weird and wicked and out there. Mm -hmm. Um, What ends up happening without giving, I'm not going to give away the movie, but they, the, the wife I guess you can call her that. She looks like she's about 12. Mm. Uh, he marries this much younger woman and there's this clear sort of like power and control dynamic over them. And he thinks he's this big deal and shows up to this dinner party and everybody there uh, has a different plan. And then there's uh, one character specifically who is also in on it, but um, this is where it gets a little meta. She's sort of a double agent in the sense that she what she does is um, while she's disempowering this husband, she starts to empower this young woman gotcha. to a place where um, this, they use supernatural as a way, as a metaphor, I think for a young woman, not knowing what she's fully capable of in the absence of an abusive partner. Sure. And so when she pulls her away from him and starts to, she helps her unleash all of the stuff that she's capable of that end up ends up being very supernatural. Mm-hmm. It that then the two of them just like completely sabotage all of them. Yes. So it's um 
it's really, if you remember it, do you remember liking it? I remember I, I it's like kind of a black comedy kind of funny. No, it's not a comedy. No? Okay. Mm-mm. It's right. not a comedy. It's, no. it's pretty raw. Then I might yeah. be thinking of a totally different thing. Okay. I mean, I remember the, the movie I'm thinking of was like gory and. This is gory. Um, and there might be some, like some comedic pieces to it, but I wouldn't consider, I wouldn't consider. And it's it. a 2020 movie, right? 2020. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cool. It's yeah. Well, it's a horror good. thriller, not a horror comedy. So sounds good. Yeah. Um, I might be. Th- I'm just looking at a picture of it now. Uh, there's like this like cultish ceremony and things in it. Yes. Is that, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the same movie. I was thinking. Okay. Um, I did remember. I do remember liking it, and it sounds to me like I have to. I mean, I I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought there were some things that were darkly funny about it, I guess. There, there are. So maybe yeah. that's just me. No, but. Th- there are, but I wouldn't have, I guess the reason why I'm, I'm not labeling it that is because we just it, talked about cooties. It had, no, it just, it has some of <laughs> those, that was uh, funny. it has some of those re- reprieve moments, but I would certainly not label it as like that being an ongoing theme in the film. Yeah. I think yeah. you're, you're just, you're saying cooties is funny. This isn't. Yeah. Um, that's kind of why I said black comedy, but yeah, there are, I guess there are just some things to like, laugh in spite of yourself at Mm -hmm. was kind of my what i remember of it but obviously i'm not remembering it that well (laughs) but i'm glad you liked it that's awesome was it on shutter i think so okay yeah cool i uh i revisited the texas chainsaw massacre too oh that's a scary one actually it was actually we you know we watched it watched along with the group and leatherface is three right this is not leatherface this is yeah, it's one, a, two, and then Leatherface, right? A radio, I think so. Yeah. A radio host is victimized by the cannibal family of a former Texas marshal hunts them. So, Texas Chainsaw Two Massacre Two is uh, a comedy too. It's a horror comedy. Yes. So where so it's a very it's it's got that same you and you could hear from the logline that it's the same story like a cannibal family or whatever, and it's got a the family characters in it grandpa and stuff but it's a comedy and it's pretty funny it's it's a lot funner to watch than oh it it takes itself way less serious than the first one i mean the when it starts to really when shit starts to really go down Mm -hmm. like halfway through and you start you're like in the bowels of where they are and the girl is trapped there and they're Mm -hmm. doing all of their quote-unquote torture and stuff it's pretty hilarious it's like campy. I remember it. Campy and funny and hilarious, and um, it's it's legitimately Texas Chainsaw Massacre with humor. So that's kind of a fun concept. Well, I think it gives you the relief from the intensity, right? Yeah, it's not it's not as dark. Yeah, I mean, if you choose to take it in a dark, serious way, then sure. But it's not meant that way at all. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty funny. They kind of it's it's almost like well, I wouldn't go so far as to say like a lampoon version, but it's it's definitely doesn't take itself seriously. So. Gotcha. Yeah. What about you? I watched a movie called True Fiction. Okay. Um, this is 2019. A young writer gets a job assisting her favorite horror writer, but she finds herself participating in an out-of-control psychological experiment. Um, it was decent. It was okay. It, it There's a lot of twists and turns. Um, I don't know how exactly. I, I don't know if I would say, oh, it was great. There are a couple points that lost me. I think the, the storyline becomes a little disjointed at times where you're trying to figure out, wait, how did, 
wait, is what happened? <laughs> is this guy who's torch? Is he the writer? Is he oh. making that? And then you know, there's a revenge component to that, and how she then ends up being able to use that for her writing. And I don't know. I mean, there's some good intense moments, but it didn't like didn't capture me. I, I, there are moments where I remember going, I need to rewind that. I wasn't paying attention. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I've done that a lot lately, yeah. actually. <sighs> yeah, it's a thing. But luckily, most horror movies are only 90 minutes, and it looks like this one was too. <laughs> um, it looks like it's actually a mystery thriller. Is that? Yeah. Yeah, okay, mm -hmm. cool. There's a little distinction. I mean, I uh, as I've said before, we we consider thrillers uh, in the horror genre, but it's a good distinction, right? Because if people I mean, show up for horror it's, elements, it's pretty gory. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Some gory parts of that. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it doesn't sound like it's awesome, actually. <laughs> um, I also watched a movie called Zombies. Zombies. Mm -hmm. Okay. 2016. I was looking for. You know, more trash. Some zombies. Yeah. Uh, action, adventure, comedy. <laughs> but also weird. Okay, so when a strange virus quickly spreads through a safari park and turns all the zoo animals undead, those left in the park must stop the creatures before they escape and zombify the whole city. Mm. Yeah. So great, great poster, great sort of premise. It's comedy horror, even though it's not listed here as a horror. It, you know, it's, I mean, it's a virus and whatever. So also, okay. So what I will say is this, it doesn't quite land and there's a zombies too. That I need, a zombies too? A zombies too, sorry, that I need to watch. Okay. <laughs> but the, it doesn't quite land, but here's what you're really aware of when you're watching it is they had a budget. Oh, like the story is not quite that great. The actors aren't quite that great, but the movie had a budget. And what they did was, is they put all of their budget into it looking pretty good. And you know, the effects aren't exceptional, but they yeah. look pretty good. Right. And then they didn't pay anybody with any acting talent or, like anything <laughs> to be in it. But what I will say is there's like, um, there's a young girl that's like this, one of the stars of it. And she is straight horrible. Like she, I mean, <laughs> she's a kid. You want to want to die a horrible death. You're like, just get rid of her. Like where, who can, what, you know, zombie monkey can come by and kill her right now. Mm -hmm. Like immediately. But of course not. Of course, she's like there forever. Right. <laughs> and it makes you want to cry. But there's a Zombies 2, and I haven't seen it yet. So somebody got some money okay. to make these movies. I'm not saying it's not watchable. It's definitely watchable. It's just not. It's like you and I are sort of saying these two movies are kind of meh. Yeah. Like we had, I gotcha. We had some meh choices. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. All right. I think that's it, man. Unless you got, wait, you had another movie. I have one more. Oh, okay, great. Awesome. Uh, it's a movie called Like Me. Okay. Came out in 2017. I believe it's the same producers of House of the Devil. Oh, okay. Um, it's really about social media culture. The loss of empathy that happens with groupthink and, and everybody's stories being broadcasted live. And so this young woman, she's probably 
21 sets out. Uh, no, she's not even. She's 17. That's how old she says she is anyway. Sets out on a crime spree that she broadcasts on social media. So she basically goes around humiliating men. So it's kind of like this. there's a revenge piece here. Um, going into liquor stores and then capturing them on camera and having them doing really humiliating things. And then she ends up abducting this one dude that she like literally just sexually assaults him, force feeds him, tortures him, gives him drugs. And then he starts to, he starts to have that, uh, trauma bonding that Stockholm syndrome with her and saying like, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. And, um, I won't tell you how the end goes, but the, the ending's pretty good. And it, and it's sort of one of those endings where you go, well, I mean, this is what happens when you do stupid shit like this. Oh, I see. Right. So So the comeuppance. (laughs) Yeah. So she certainly has a, a, a pretty bad consequence at the end, but, um, uh, but then she, without giving anything away, she in her own sort of sociopathic way redeems herself, I guess, through that. But it's it's just the whole ending is like, wow, you just created such a mess and (sighs) such a trail of blood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they sort of, it sounds like maybe they sort of explain why and how that sort of comes from her in some way. Sort of. I think it's more, I think it speaks more to just the numbness of, of the social media culture. And, and then there's this one guy in the film who, plays the the antithesis of her where every time she posts something he's like same age he's like what the fuck's wrong with this girl like isn't she disgusting da 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 and she starts to like find who he so it goes back and forth of like the kids that have empathy versus the kids that are like no cheering this on and just like really getting involved in that bystander effect it it was it was it was pretty disturbing yeah um it sounds like maybe i mean it has the potential to be sort of gross and violent yeah and, it yeah. was okay it was pretty violent uh i watched a lot of violence over the last <laughs> it couple sounds weeks. like it the last few weeks and not it intentionally like i mean it. they all just ended up it's being just, like really yeah well there's been a lot of those social media come up it's violent mm-hmm. type of movies in the last couple of years for obvious reasons right so um it's nice to find a good one or two every now and then yeah so much of it is derivative in the same so. it totally is it's yeah. a good word Right on. Thank you so much. Ah, what a lovely thing. So thank you so much for listening. This has been an episode of Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. Please check us out on our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, sleep safe.